Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Christine Smith, who is a divorce mom of one and has an engineered artistic mind with a bartender's personality and is the owner of Ripple Effects, where the goal is to help you build your network with intention. We have so much to chat about, so let's get right into this, Christine, and welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It is my pleasure. So let's start out by talking a bit about your personal journey and your gained wisdom. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so... My journey on, you know, with Ripple Effects has been four years in the making. Um, so I've been running events and running strategic networking groups for, for about that length of time. And it was after our transition into a, a new industry where, you know, everyone, everyone assumes that you know how to network just because you've been in sales before. And after some trial and error, realizing that I hated going to events um, and not really getting much out of it, it kind of felt like being in the high school cafeteria all over again, trying to figure out which, which table I'm allowed to sit at. And I hated feeling like that. So I started just kind of doing my own events and then started running my own groups. And then it just ultimately built from there. And I, I like building a space for people to not feel awkward about who they are and what they offer. Awesome. Okay, so let's take a little bit of a step back because I want you to go into your personal journey and where you kind of started from, where your beginnings are, and how this all came about with Ripple Effects, but also how you've developed yourself over the years. So um, I, depending on how far back you want to go, so I come from a military family. Um, my dad was a Marine for 21 years, so we moved to upstate New York right before uh, 9-11 and he retired right before that happened which was which was crazy because we thought he was gonna have to go back in um, my brother now serves in the Air Force and I grew up I went from a really big town in uh, San Diego to a really small school in upstate New York um, and I went to college out there and you know I've had a lot of interesting life experiences I was in a really bad car accident when I was 17 uh, which put a lot of perspective on a 17 year old. I was told I shouldn't have made it. And that was very weird hearing that from adults <laughs> when you're 17 years old. And it completely changed, in my opinion, the trajectory of how I saw the world after that. And especially considering I had a very big injury. So part of my face was ripped open mm. and part of my face doesn't move now. So, which is nice from a perspective of, I will never have wrinkles on that side of my face. Um, but, it, it just brought like, like I said, a lot of perspective. And I ended up getting into the modeling industry without, without realizing it. It was purely because someone said I couldn't. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it anyway. And I've kind of had that mentality the entire time. So as I've progressed in different careers, people have tried to put me in boxes and I've never fit ever never fit in any type of box, whether it's because of height related or not. <laughs> um, I've never been able to fit in those boxes. I never liked doing things because people did them because that's what they always did. 
they, they never wanted to do it be, to be more efficient or to do a better job or, you know, to serve people better. It was like, well, this is how we've always done this. We're just going to do it this way. I never liked that mentality. And as I've gotten older and I've experienced things that I would never wish upon anybody, um, I've gotten firmer in my stance with that type of, of outlook. Two years ago, um, I had some major significant life changes. Um, my marriage ended, uh, not necessarily abruptly, but it wasn't good. I was with a very toxic person and it ended for, for very, not necessarily strange reasons, but there were things going on that, that shouldn't have been going on. And at the same time, the uh, Scaharia limo accident happened here in upstate New York, which was where 20 people died uh, mm -hmm. in a limo accident. And that was nine, nine of our mutual friends passed away. Mm -hmm. And it was the same weekend that I realized my, my relationship was also over. Mm -hmm. And thinking my relationship would survive because of, you know, this tragic occurrence. And these are like, one of the people was a roommate. And thinking like, okay, you know, we can get through this, we can get through it. And, and no, it didn't, nothing, nothing. We, we, didn't, we didn't move past that point. And just having the realization that I can't let my daughter think this is okay. I can't let my daughter think that just because I was with this person for a really long time that I should just sacrifice everything to just try and make it work. It wasn't working. It hadn't been working for a while. And that was kind of the... A major turning point for me was giving an ultimatum like you're either in or you're out you either want to make this work you want to actually continue working on us or we're going to part ways because it's very unhealthy to be in a relationship with somebody who just isn't putting effort in anymore and also not treating you very well on top of that and I didn't want my daughter to think that that was an okay thing and I and and I talk about, you know, we hear, we hear things about different levels of, of manipulation and, and abuse and things like that. And I'm like, we don't talk about the emotional and mental side of things enough and how impactful that can be on someone's confidence and how they, how they are in their job, how they act as a parent, how they act as a friend. And I was like, nope, I am drawing the line here. I'm not gonna set this example for my daughter so I moved out probably five weeks after that um, when, I, when I dropped the mic, essentially. Yeah, right. Um, and I moved out and I pretty much started my, my life over, essentially, and, you know, got back into dating a couple months after that, which was, by the way, completely awful, but um, <laughs> it's, it's the journey, right? And um, I, I, don't, I don't regret any of it now. If anything, I... I'm more, I, I feel like I've gained so much more because I decided to go down the path that people told me not to do. And it was interesting too, like, you know, being divorced, people look at you different. Sometimes they look at you like, oh, well, there must be something wrong with you. Or, you know, you did something you weren't supposed to or, or whatever. And I'm like, you don't know my story at all. So why are you passing judgment just because my marriage didn't work out? That doesn't mean yours isn't going to. That doesn't mean that, you know, you can't get divorced in the future. It doesn't mean you have to get married, right? We all have our, our own, you know, thoughts on those things. But it was really hard to be a single parent and have that judgment be passed on top of dealing with all this trauma and guilt and 
these emotions I've never, ever experienced before. And I would never want anyone else to, to ever feel that and try to figure out, well, how do I get out of this? How do I prevent myself from going into these dark holes all the time? Because you, you, you take, you take ownership for, well, I'm the reason why this didn't work. I'm the one that ended it. So I'm the one that caused it, but that's not what happened. I'm the one that stopped the pain. That's what happened. I stopped the pain from continuing to, to happen and build scar tissue and be like, you know, blind essentially to what's really going on here. Right. And I think I, I call, you know, this situation like a true Phoenix epiphany, right? You, you come out of, you're in the lowest of the low and you're like, I never want to go back into this place again. So I'm going to rise from all these ashes of everything that's been burned down and I'm going to be better than I ever was before. And I'm going to do things that I never thought were possible. And I'm going to make sure other people understand and can experience that for themselves. Because I know there's people in far worse positions than I am and who don't have support like I had, fortunately, that maybe just need that little bit of oomph to get them going. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your personal journey, because I think it will absolutely resonate with folks because you've mentioned so many things during the process of sharing. So you've mentioned your own values and what you valued about yourself and what you've learned to value over time. You touched on the transitional points in your life and what you went through, some of the most you know, difficult situations such as divorce, accident, raising a child as a single parent, rewarding yet difficult and wisdom gained. And then also your own personal boundaries, what those were, establishing those, you know, setting those, modeling for your child and what that looks like and not accepting because that's what I learned or because that's what I do. And that's significant. That means that you really had to redevelop and identify what it is that you valued and how you wanted to model for your child. And then knowing that if you didn't, all these things and even what you were going through kind of seeps through the veins of every aspect of your personal and professional journey. So you had the option and took the opportunity to really change what that looked like and pivot. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And as we went through that, I was just like, wow, you know, you've touched on so much. So thank you for sharing. Let me take you back again, because I want to ask you something. You define yourself as somebody who is engineered, has an artistic mind with a bartender personality. <laughs> I love that. Can you explain that? Because that's just so cool. I love that line <laughs> in your bio. <laughs> um, so I... So with all of these things that have happened, so I've had major, you know, tragedy ish like occurrences in my life, right? And I feel like every single time one of these things happened, I guess the best like visual description I can give you is we all have these glow sticks in our brain and they're not all, they all haven't lit up yet. So I needed something to happen to break more glow sticks in my brain to get me down a different path that and, and, and eliminate some of the fog around the vision that I had. And this most, this most recent, you know, occurrence, even though it was almost, you know, two years ago, had a lot of glow sticks break. Like, I think there was a lot of things that happened. And I started realizing I'm a very logical person. 
I think very much into the future. I'm a, I'm a planner, not just a year. Like we're talking five, 10, 15, 20 years. And I'm looking at, okay, what am I, I'm doing this now. How am I going to get there? And then the creative aspect of, of myself is I not only can, you know, light the, you know, see what the, what's at the end of the tunnel, but I know how to light the path. And I also know how to look at, well, how do I do this in a way that other people are going to want to follow? Or how am I going to do this in a way that is going to be attractive? Or how am I going to do this in a way that's going to keep me motivated? And I think the problem solving side of an engineer's brain, when you collaborate it with somebody who is, you know, painting outside the box all the time and likes to add pretty bows and colors and glitter to stuff, that's totally me. And I, and, and I think that kind of goes by like, you know, my website for ripple effects, it was based off of that. I'm like, I need a process. I need it straightforward. I need it simple, but I need it to flow a certain way from a very matter of fact standpoint, but I also want it to look pretty at the end of the day. <laughs> well, you're definitely using that left and right side of your brain. There's balance, there's strategy, there's process, there's so much. And I love, love, love the glow stick analogy. That is just the coolest. So I'm going to ask you my follow-up question here. So can you elaborate? And you did touch on your company, Ripple Effects. So can you elaborate about your journey of being an entrepreneur and your development of this company? I've had the entrepreneur bug for a really long time. I remember being younger and being like, I'm going to start a dog babysitting business and I'm going to make money babysitting and like just always thriving in the space of being my own boss. And it's actually been really interesting to watch from a career perspective. So like I've actually, I actually helped start a direct mail publication in my early twenties. And it was after working for the competitor direct mail publication in the area that I was in. And, um, you know, then transitioning into like different sales positions, but I liked doing it because it gave me some time freedom. You know, I had my own business. I've been commissioned for a really, really long time. And, it's, it's something that allows me to use the creative side of myself, which I can't stop. I can't just be like, nope, got to be, you know, straight laced all the time. Can't, can't do that. So right. I, I wanted to continue doing that in a way, you know, as I got into different businesses and worked for different companies, sales stuff is the same, right? They're like, well, go do this because this is what works. And don't say anything to us about it, how to change it. And I'm like, well, do you know who you hired? <laughs> right. Because I don't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like, you, you know, like, I have purple hair, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what you thought you were doing. But um, I'm like, how can we do this better? How can we be more effective? How can we be more efficient? And having been in sales for a really long time, I started seeing the same thing happen over and over again, not just in, in, in the you know companies I've worked at, but with other salespeople, there was always a, a few commonalities. People didn't like being salespeople because of what that associated. So there was always a negative association to that, right? Like people don't have good experiences typically with salespeople. So they lump everybody into that, into that bucket. And then there was, well, I can never keep my funnels full. And I'm like, okay, well, why, why is that? And, you know, I don't like talking about what I do because they don't feel confident with what even it is that they sell, even if it is something that they really like doing. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, how do you build yourself as a resource? How do you own what it is that you do? How can you be a salesperson without having the used car pitch approach and actually feel good about what it is that you're, what it is that you're doing, whether you're in, you know, 
you work for a multi-level marketing company, a networking company, a sales company, you sell soap, you sell cars, doesn't matter. You should, you should have unequivocal ownership to whatever it is that you're doing. So I started practicing that myself. I'm like, okay, well, what if I just build myself as a resource? And I tell people like, hey, listen, here's what I do in a matter of fact way. So I'm not selling you. I'm just telling you, here's what I do. Here's how I'm different. Here's the type of people I want to look for. Here's what to listen for. And when you introduce me, here's how you're going to do it. That started catching on and people were like, wow, that's really cool. And then I started getting clients that way. And I started replicating that. And then I was teaching other people, well, here's what to listen for. I was coaching them on how to prospect for me. And I was like, do you know how much time I got back in my life not having to prospect anymore? And I wasn't making any cold calls. Everybody talks about cold calls all the time. Like, well, you got to do it as part of the process. No, it's not. Why do we do this? <laughs> Why do we torture ourselves? <laughs> I don't want to torture myself. I don't have time to necessarily do like 40 hours of prospecting a week, right? We still have to work in our business and on our business. So, you know, everyone talks about how they want referrals, but I'm like, referrals don't work if you don't have advocation. And if you can't, advocate for yourself will make you think someone else is going to advocate for you. So I was like, all right, I need to own what it is that I'm doing. I don't care what it is I sell now or in the future. I need to own what it is that I'm doing. I need to have a clear picture. I need to have keywords. I need to be very clear in what I tell people, what it is that I do and how I work with people and what I solve. Because if they can't repeat that in as few words as possible to somebody else, Nothing, nothing's going to happen out of that. There's no, right. there's no further fireworks. There's no further introductions. There's no potential for referrals. I'm just telling people a blanket statement. Hey, I work with everybody, which is what right. people do, right? I, oh, I don't, I, I don't want to, I work with everybody. No, you don't. Right, right, so, right. No, and I love that. I absolutely love that. That is so important that you absolutely use those keywords, that your message is super clear and that you know what you're doing. And on top of that, what you value. If you don't know what you value and how that aligns with what you're doing, what's the point? Right. What's the point? Right. So I love your equation in relation to networking and what that looks like to you. That's where your engineering side comes out, mm -hmm. that foundational one plus one equals, you know, so right. you got that equation worked out, which is awesome. So can you go into, because Ripple Effects is about networking, can you go into how networking has changed over the years due to digital media and our use of social mm -hmm. platforms and how to create a similar, and this is really something that's come up for me lately, and I've been hearing this topic of conversation on the sidelines a little bit but how to create a similar human connection using these platforms as compared to in-person connection. As somebody who's worked in human services, there is a difference to me between using our social platforms, digital platforms, and gaining a connection versus in-person connection where you actually can see there's this visceral thing going on. So tell me a little bit about this. Give me some of your insights. So networking, I feel like is mostly a bad word. So when people typically have heard that and, and let's, let's look past like pandemic for a second, because um, yeah. obviously that has significantly changed how we interact with, with other people. But so, so prior, you know, to just being hundred percent virtual, most of the time people, you know, they, what they thought networking was, was to go to an event, you talk to a few people, you hand out your business card and that's what it is, right? That's what it's all about. Yeah. You might have a one-on-one -on -one meeting after that, but the, that's not always people's goal. 
right? And I think what's been unfortunate about that is we have those bad experiences that those cause that emotional stir within like in the deep parts of ourselves. And we're like, oh, that was bad experience. I don't really want to do that again. Why do I have to do that? And what's interesting is if you actually talk to somebody about, well, tell me about what you think networking is. And people are like, oh, well, it's, it's to gain business. It's to, to get myself out there, to build my brand, um, to make friends, you know, find clients, whatever. Right. And I'm like, well, what if I told you that you actually network on a regular basis, but it's not this hard. And people are like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, you just said friends. Like you did have a correct answer in there. I'm like, yeah, we're trying to build a business. We're trying to find clients. We're trying to build our brand. Right. But you network on a regular basis without making it weird. That's how you have friends. That's how you have a significant other at either at some point now, or you had one in the future in, in the past, or you're going to have one at some point. Right. And I'm like, but as soon as we put that professional hat on, we're like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And then now I revert back to my sales process and like, yep, everyone's going to be a client. I'm just, you know, looking at people who are going to be clients and that's it. And you forget about the human emotional component that is with community building and building relationships with people, which is truly what networking is. And I think should be. Um, so when you're transitioning into, you know, if you've never networked before, like you, you kind of have the run of the field, right? You, you can test all these different things out and see what works and what doesn't, but people actually want that relationship. They want to meet people and have these in-depth conversations. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. No one cares what it is that you sell or what you offer, because if they don't trust you, if they don't know you, they don't like you, they're not going to buy from you anyway. So, you know, having those other conversations, I feel like is, is just so impactful and you can do that digitally. So, you know, kind of transitioning into like, how do you, how do you loop in social media? How do you loop in virtual stuff to still have a powerful network? It's communication. At the end of the day, how much effort are you going to put out there to build your brand, which is you and build your reputation, which is you. And what are you doing for other people to serve? At the end of the day, I really feel like whatever it is that you do, you should be in the, in the, in the business of serving others. So I don't care if you sell cars. I don't care if you sell gold bars. I don't care if you sell makeup. You got into that business to serve and solve a particular problem, right? So in order for that to come out, in a very non-salesy way, you can't just talk about what it is you do. You actually have to go out and network and say, hey, Summer, you know, who are you looking for right now? Who do you need connections to? Hey, you have a, you have another podcast coming out. Hey, do you mind if I, do you mind if I talk about that? Or do you mind tagging me in it so that other people are going to know about it and can watch it and, you know, maybe become a guest on your, on your podcast or, you know, who knows, maybe they're, they're a big client of, of yours that you didn't know about. Right? right. And I think when you look at networking as something outside of yourself, it, it kind of, it does have a true ripple effects, right? Like you don't know who people know. And, and I, I love hearing, I hate it, but I love hearing when people are like, I don't know why I would connect so-and-so to so-and-so. I don't see any value. And I said, well, that's not for you to decide, is it? Your job is just to connect those two people. Your job isn't to decide what value is going to be between those two people. And when you start looking at it from, I'm building a community of strong people who believe in each other, who hold each other up, we're trying to help each other be successful financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, right? It doesn't matter, right? It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter at that point. You can, you can sell whatever it is. You can be unequivocally unapologetic about it 
and own it. And other people are going to be like, yep, I love it too. Who, who do you need to be connected to? And it's a lot easier to get traction on social media when you do that. And not just talking about, you know, see, I'm sure you see this too. And I'm sure your listeners do as well. You see people post about their business only all the time. I'm like, listen, what about you? What do you like to do? Tell me more about you. Like, I want to, I want to see that it's not rainbows and unicorns every day. Like, I don't, I don't need you to put your life story out there. I don't need you to put all your, your tragedies out there, but I think it's good to have the human component, you know, when you are doing any sort of thing on social media, some of the best posts that I get the most traction on have nothing to do with anything other than, Hey, I went camping. <laughs> I unplugged for a weekend or I sent my mom flowers and here's the business you should go to because she did an amazing job. Like those are the ones that get the most traction. And I think the ones that also get the most traction are when you actually talk about someone else, the more people you talk about, the more people are going to talk about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree 100% with what you just said and how you explained that and creating that connection, serving others, creating that network of support where it's reciprocal in that you have a support system who has the same values or same goals. Because at the end of the day, it really isn't about the product or what you're selling. It's about that human connection. People like to connect. We are pack animals. As much as you say that you are different, fine, be different. That's okay. But we still are animals that like connection. Mm -hmm. So I think that's key and part of the foundation of building that strong network. So I am in full agreement with you. So thank you for explaining that. So you did touch on this and we're going to get into this just for a brief second, but how has your practice or practice changed due to the pandemic and what unique, what unique ways has your business strategies changed because of it? So, um, so prior to our pandemic, our um, Ripple Effects has strategic networking groups and events, and we were actually running all of those in person. And we didn't do anything virtual. That was not even a thought in our mind really? at all. Yeah. Oh. Which is crazy to think about now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually had just gone back from vacation and it was that week that we had to go into quarantine. So, um, the groups that were meeting this week, I literally sent, you know, we only had, I don't know, three or four groups at the time. So we have 14 now. And so I sent a message to, you know, the team leaders. I was like, Hey guys, just transition to virtual and, you know, we'll, we'll reconvene at a later point. And then what ended up happening? So, you know, we continued as normal, right? We just did everything virtual via Zoom. And it was a little clunky at first. I've been using Zoom regularly, so it wasn't like a huge transition for me. Um, but I know some other people, it took a little bit of time. And then as, as time went on, um, I was actually having people come back to me and they're like, I love this so much better. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, well, I don't have to drive anywhere. So what's interesting about this transition to virtual meetings is we actually didn't really, we, we thought about it, but we didn't think about it in a way with actual time management. So we, we inadvertently would put time into travel somewhere, right? We're like, oh, okay, I can't have a meeting after a meeting if I have to travel somewhere. So you would just be like, oh, I have to have a half hour, 40 minute gap, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and you also have to consider the transition from someone who comes to your office, the process from taking them out of an office, walking them to the door and leaving and then picking up the next person, that takes time. 
right? With Zoom, there's no time. You see, okay, bye, end, and the call's over. And I started realizing, I was like, oh my God, we have this massive opportunity right now to just have our, our groups be virtual and people can actually gain time back and people get to come and participate who wouldn't have otherwise been able to participate just because of where they're located. They're located in the boonies and it takes them an hour just to get over here, but they don't normally need to come over here because maybe they work from home. So, and then it started building out to, well, what about networking with people who aren't in the area at all? Like hours away, states away, countries away. So if you're in a position and you have a job where you actually need to network with people outside of your area on a regular basis, well, shouldn't that mean you should be talking with those people on a regular basis, like every week? so that they know what you're doing so that they can talk to their people every single week and on a regular basis. So it turned into, I remember I had, a, I, I remember the call like it was yesterday. I remember I called my partner and I was like, so I'm pretty sure we stumbled onto, onto a gold mine and didn't realize it where we, our process actually worked either way. So we didn't have to actually change anything. Our process was already built and worked in the virtual space. We just didn't know it yet. And we ended up transitioning our events online as well. And that was very hard for me because all of my events are hundred percent participation. Mm. And I'm like, how the hell am I going to get hundred percent participation with people on zoom? Right. And I, I can't even see if they're wearing pants. Like how, right. <laughs> how is this going to work? So I just, you know, had one of my brainstorm sessions and figured out, I think the first event that I did um, was a scavenger hunt. And the scavenger hunt, now people are like, oh, how do you do it? How do you do a digital scavenger hunt? I'm like, it's, it's a blast. It's so fun. And I have two different kinds. I have one where people use Google to find stuff and they have to screenshot what they found. Awesome. So like street version of like, you find me a yellow car in Virginia and they Google like yellow car in Virginia and find me like, the, oh, wow. The Google Maps. Uh -huh. um, and then the other side is like just having people run out of the room quick to go find something <laughs> and come <laughs> back. And then, yeah. yeah, it's hilarious to watch. And I'll ask them like, yeah. a question after that, but it ended up working out really well because now I have this whole other side right. of opportunity and, you know, event capability that, you know, even when we do go back to doing hundred percent in-person events or even 50, 50, we need to do virtual events now because we have, we have members that aren't in our state anymore. We have members that are not in our area anymore. So I want to make sure that we're, we're representing everybody. We'll still do local stuff, right? Because there's no reason not to, but from a scalable level, we need to make sure that we're still appealing to the masses. Um, and that's kind of where the round tables came out every Monday. It started out as a training program. I trained um, every Monday was how to network strategically virtually. So we'd have a different topic every single week. And then it turned into a round table and we just continued having really great discussions on different aspects of business or so time management, um, you know, the fight or flight mentality in business, branding, marketing. We talked about business plans for the last two weeks um, and building like, you don't have to build a 40 page business plan. You can actually do a one page business plan. Do you know how to do that? Do you know what should be on it? Um, and it's been, it's really awesome. Pandemic has been, has offered us an opportunity that we didn't realize there was a gap for. Right. And that's a great reframe you know, that there is opportunity in change. So, yes. so much. It's just how you look at it. It's your mindset about it. And a lot of people get stuck by getting in front of themselves, by being in the way of themselves because of that change. So many times we just got to step back, understand it, digest it, and then really go forward in regards to, okay, 
I can deal with this change. It's about how do I strategize through it? So to that point, can you give me a couple of life hacks on how to improve your networking skills? <laughs> um, so I'll actually give a challenge out. Um, ah. that I'm actually doing in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in right now. So the challenge was to reach out to a hundred people in 10 days that are already in your network. So you're already connected to them on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever social media platforms that you use. And you want to do it in, in a way that it's not about, Oh, I'm going to sell this person. It's, Hey, I realize we're connected and we actually never had a conversation. I want to see if there's any synergies in, you know, moving forward in a, you know, professional type relationship. And then if you actually get a response, which, which has been very interesting to hear about in the group that I did this challenge for, right. it's been like two out of three people are getting for every three people they reach out to two people are responding. It's crazy. And now their, their calendars are getting full. Right. And I was like, actually, this is, this is how you power network. This is how right. you network intentionally. But what are you doing in those meetings, right? You don't want to ruin it. You want to have all these meetings and nothing comes out right. of it, right? You always want to get fruit out of these meetings. So you build an agenda, right? So the agenda can be like, talk about why you got into your business. Tell me about who your clients are specifically. Um, tell me how I tell, tell me what I should be listening for. You know, tell me about um, how I should introduce you. And that person's eventually going to ask you the same thing, right? And you want to respond as matter of factly as possible and then set expectations in that meeting. Okay. What is it like if we continue networking together? What is that going to look like? How, how often do we communicate? Do we support each other on social media? Do we invite each other to events? You know, what does it look like for you? And what's interesting is after that happens, those people are not going to have that experience unless they've talked with me at some point and other people are replicating that you're not going to usually experience something like that. And what's interesting is now people want to be a part of that. They're like, oh my God, that was so different. I want to be a part of that. I want to work with you. You'll get people who want to just work with you. So that would be the challenge I would give, you know, hundred people, 10 days, reconnect, have really intentional conversations and see how those people fit into your life. And you might be surprised. They might actually become clients. Right. Bravo, Christine. I love it. Thank you for the challenge. Thank you for putting that out there to the listeners. I think it's fantastic and so meaningful. As a matter of fact, to kind of piggyback on this, this morning I was looking through uh, my messages and I use multiple uh, social platforms. So I go through them, see see the messages. And this one was a voicemail. And it was a somebody who is a business owner that I worked with before. And she just said, it had been a while since we connected. And she left a voice message on LinkedIn and said, I just want to reach out to you. I want to see how you're doing, what's going on, how I can be of support to you, just to reconnect. And I thought, okay, even that, not a, not a text, but a voice message was so meaningful. It was so like, wow, okay, yes. And now she's back on my radar and it's like, okay, how can I do the same for her? How can I be of support to her? And I love being support. I think it's an honor to be of support to other people. Mm -hmm. And I don't take that for granted at all. I think it's really something to be treasured because there's so much that can be gained emotionally, mentally, and and so many other ways from connecting with people and supporting them. So it's, it's an abundance mindset too, right? Yes. I, I think most, a lot of people have the scarcity mindset, which is why they're in the positions that they're in. 
and you know they might be stuck in that hamster wheel or they're struggling mm -hmm. or they feel like they're not moving in the place they want to and i'm like if you actually just change your perspective slightly and you look at things differently it has just it has a snowball effect at that point totally does i can't agree with you more so as we come to the end of this interview my last question for you is if you could offer some words of wisdom what would they be i would say don't let your life experiences define who you are and where you want to go we all have experiences good and bad right and i think when we not necessarily the victim mentality, but sometimes we get lost in something that happened that was really bad um, or even really good. And it blinds us from moving forward out of that space. You know, the things that happened to me, they happened, right? It's not going to determine my trajectory necessarily, but I'm going to use that and say, how do I leverage those things that happened and fuel my fire? So I can continue going in the direction and maybe past the, the places that I thought I would end up at rather than being stuck and saying, oh, well, I can't move past these points. And I think also realizing that if it wasn't for me coaching with somebody, I would not be here. Like I would not be here and really having somebody address my mind my mindset, the fog, the emotional turmoil. And I think, you know, we're all emotionally involved with our own decisions. So sometimes just having an external perspective and, and somebody who doesn't know you well, I think is really helpful um, because then they can just be, hey, you should try this, right? Or you should try this or, hey, think about this or say this to yourself. And they, they help offer and bring that, that perspective to your field of vision at that point. And I know that's what was helpful for me. It took years of sessions, right? And I still work with the, the coach that I have to really help continuing to change my perspective and not losing energy in things I can't change. I can't change what already happened. I can change how I react and I can also change how I'm going to do things moving forward. So if I have a different outlook and a different perspective and it's as positive as possible, doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have bad days, but it's not going to put me in a place where I can't control my reaction. It, I can't get out of the hole that I dug myself into. And if that's one thing I can offer somebody, I'm hoping that's, that's it. Well, thank you, Christine, for joining me on the Poor Women podcast today. Thank you so much, Summer. Absolutely. If you'd like to connect with Christine Smith, please follow her on LinkedIn at Christine Smith 34. You can also follow her company on LinkedIn at Ripple EFX or at R-I-P-L-E-F-X dot U-S. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, Send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women Home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. 
Let's grow and drive change together.